Okay. So we're trying to understand the meaning of not blowing the shofar when Shoshana falls out on Shabbos. We have to say it's something positive, something not just positive, but something that is a contribution that we're making by not blowing the shofar because God has delight from what we do, what we give to God. And therefore, there must be something that we're contributing by this seeming inaction of long the show. So to understand this, we started exploring the difference between the first Friday of creation and the first Shabbos of creation. The first Friday of creation, Adam gathers all of creation together and says, let us bow down before God our maker. And he inspires all of creation to do just that. But what's missing is, what's, what's not there yet, is this, um, this little sense of self, still a sense of we are bowing down to God. It's not a uh, total um, abnegation and total connection to God because there is this sense of feeling of our understanding, our appreciation, our feeling the center stage may be God, but we're definite, we definitely have an active role. There's not, there's not a sense of total devotion. On the other hand, the first Shabbos of creation is beyond our standing and bowing down to God. The first Shabbos of creation is a revelation of godliness in the world where the center stage isn't us anymore. It's that we are in the presence of God and therefore it's beyond just standing and bowing to God and um, highlighting how devoted we are to God, but just presence of God is revealed in the world. To, to bring this home a little bit, I want to um, share a story of the Alter Rebbe. Um, there was a chassid of the Alter Rebbe whose name was Reb Leib. Reb Leib was a spiritual mentor in a, um, a certain city. I don't remember which one. I heard this story from Rabbi Yol Khan over Shalom several times. And Rabbi Leib uh, was entrusted by the Alter Rebbe to um, take care of the spiritual welfare of the people in the city. And there was one chassid of the Alter Rebbe in the city that was having a hard time because at that time, it's different today, but at that time, um, Hasidim didn't talk about the miracles that God did for them through the blessings of their Rebbe. They felt it was... Um, unnecessary, we could just focus on the truths and chassidus without highlighting the miracles, without highlighting what, how we see it overtly with our eyes, because truth is truth. So there was one chassid who was a little jealous of his friends who were chassidim of other rabbis, and they had lots of stories to share. And the Alter Rebbe sent a message to Reb Leib asking him about this chassid, and he said, something about um, like finding out what's bothering him and this will be for him for a sign this will be for him for a sign and for others a miracle so this Harpid uh, took the message home very deeply he knew exactly what Alpid was referring to 
that Al Terebbe, with divine inspiration, knew what was bothering him, how he didn't have a Rebbe who did miracles, and there he had a miracle to share with his friends. He could see he had something that he could show and and be proud of, and and he himself was inspired seeing the divine revelation in the Alter Rebbe's uh, divine inspiration. Then Alter made a remark. The remark was, the miracles aren't really significant. The um, there's different versions of what the Alter Rebbe said. Rebbe said this is the correct version. The Alter Rebbe said. Anyone who is a tafach above the earth, anyone who is a hand's breadth above the earth, can make a miracle. The word for miracle, sorry, the word for earth in Hebrew, Eretz, is also a euphemism for the lowest um, kind of divine energy, the world of Atsilus. Anyone who is a little bit of above Malthus, above the divine energy that animates creation, is capable of making a miracle. Because, in other words, because the divine energy in creation is set to be a certain way, so nature is, is assigned based upon the divine energy in nature. But if you're beyond the divine energy in nature, if you're beyond Malchus, so then things don't have to be the way so hard and fast. Only as they are emanating from God's words in creation do they have their definition. But if we were to go beyond God's words in creation, so then things aren't hard and fast. If you go to the source of those words, then they can move, be moved around. Famous story of Rukhnir Medoso saw his daughter lighting Shabbos candles with vinegar, and she was very upset because she knew the candles would go out. And he said, The one who told the oil to burn will tell the vinegar to burn. The words of God that make oil, oil, vinegar, vinegar, vinegar can be turned around, and the letters can be changed. And Rukhnir Medoso, who was up there, uh, he was able to facilitate that change. So, in a similar way, um, there is the energy of Hashem in creation and based upon that there is also a um, a unique mission that each creature has that's very defined so to speak the divine energy within creation is focused on the world and it's focused on what the world contributes to Hashem based upon the character and properties of each creature each creature has its own thing to give so ordinarily, uh, we build a show for Shoshana. We show our abdication to God by um, blowing the shofar, by bowing to God, by uh, the shofar emphasizes our devotion to Him. And that's how things are within creation. That's how things are when God's light isn't so revealed. Only the light of Hashem within creation is revealed. But on Shabbos, there's divine revelation that's beyond creation. And it's no longer about each creature, what it does. Now, each creature frustrates itself before God. It's something above creation. And therefore, blowing the chauffeur, which highlights how we're doing something, is actually not just irrelevant, but an insult. Why are you blowing the chauffeur? Why are you making such a tzimus? Why are you making such a big deal about yourself that you're doing an act of bowing before God? That kind of activity doesn't make sense when in the presence of God. Who asked you to um, Who asked you to, to uh, come forward and, and bow down? It's, you're, you are talking about God, but the, the center isn't you. The center is not your discussion about God, but God himself. So our sense of devotion to Hashem is deficient on two accounts. Number one, we are, it's not 
coming from our very core. It's coming from, in this this instance, as Adam said, let's go bow down before God, our Maker. It's coming from our understanding of Hashem's uh, creation of us. And number two, even if it wasn't just our our understanding of uh, which our understanding can go to different ways, the whole um, the whole truth, our perception of truth, is um, is deficient just by the fact that it's not about Hashem; it's about us, our perception. Even if our perception wasn't just intellectual, it was in our bones. But it's still something that's that's about us. Shoshana falls out on Shabbos. There's a divine revelation that's beyond creation, and therefore bowing down, blowing the shofar, is unwarranted and not just insignificant. It's 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 improper. It's improper. Okay, so we understand the value of not blowing the shofar. Rosh Hashanah, when it falls out on Shabbos, the world ascends to the world of Atzilus. In the world of Atzilus, there's a revelation of how Hashem is alone, nothing besides Him. There was a tzaddik who was coughing, and his son brought him a tea. And his, his uh, father, great tzaddik, said, um, My son, you know, in the world of Atzilus, they don't drink tea. So his son said, Yeah, Dad. But in the world of Atzilus, they don't cough either. A similar way, um, in the world of Atsilus, there's no prostrating yourself before God. There's a revelation how Hashem is alone. So why bow down? It's, not, it's improper. It's unbefitting. Shabbos, when Rosh Hashanah falls in on Shabbos, the world ascends to a higher level where there is no um, there's no need to prostrate yourself before God because the center is Hashem's presence. Which leads us into a big question. Okay, if that's true, then why in the temple, in the Beis HaMikdash, did they build a shofar on Shabbos? Why is that necessary if Rosh Hashanah falling out on Shabbos is this new kind of divine revelation that's beyond creation? Then why do we need to build a shofar in the Beis HaMikdash? You would think the Beis HaMikdash would be the last place to build a shofar. That's where the revelation is, you think, is the strongest. The answer is this. It says in Tanya, that you cannot say about any lofty concept, I can't touch it with my hands. Because the realm of touch and the realm of a concept are two are different. So the it doesn't make you know of course you can't touch a concept, but it doesn't make sense to say that. So in a similar way, the world of Atsilos experiences this revelation how Hashem is alone and there's nothing besides him. There's something which is mentioned about the besides him, and it's and the world of Atzilus realizes that there is nothing besides him. That there's a nothing though that's being discussed. There is a parameter of a something other than godliness, and there is a, such a classification. And the world of Atzilus comes and says, "No, don't look at that. That's not real. That's not real. This is beyond. This is beyond. This is. This, this, let's tell you a truth which is beyond there being something besides." But the world of Atzilus then is still in a conversation with there being a reality that's outside of God. And Atsilos says, don't think there's something outside of God. The very fact that Atsilos has to make that point tells us that Atsilos is still in the realm where there is something else that needs to be negated. In God's essence, 
there's no room for discussion about being about there being something else because there is nothing else. You don't have to say there's nothing else. So in in the temple, because there is the revelation of how Hashem and the Jewish people are one, there's the what what is revealed there is the mitzvah of Hashem, it's God's commandment. It's not about our sense of devotion to God or our ignoring our sense of devotion to God. It's just about God's desire. It, it's kind of like, let me say it this way, it's kind of like as it discusses in the Talmud uh, a, a situation where a person bows out to God by himself without deciding, it's an involuntary movement. It's not that we're going around and we're blowing the chauffeur to show how we're devoted to God or that we're ignoring our sense of self and not blowing the chauffeur because it's inappropriate in the presence of the king in the temple it's beyond it, it's there's revelation of the truth and because of the revelation of the truth all that's apparent is the midst of Hashem and because all that's apparent is the midst of Hashem and how we are one with Hashem our devotion to God and our bound blowing the chauffeur Let's pause for a second and wish David LaBelle a happy birthday. David LaBelle. Okay. Okay. So, our sense of devotion to Hashem seems inappropriate when it's where we're displaying it. We're displaying our devotion to Hashem. But if Hashem wants something done in the temple, it's not... A contradiction for us to do what Hashem wants, because in the temple there's revelation. There's nothing but the revelation of Hashem's truth, and therefore Hashem's truth is fulfilled. Our uh, I'm missing words over here. I'm missing words because it's beyond words. In the base of Migdash in the temple, it's even our not only there's a there is a realm where our devotion to Hashem is needed. There's a realm of God's energy within creation and where, the, where God's truth is exhibited and, and, and we need to show how we're devoted to Hashem. That's how Rosh Hashanah is in a regular year when it falls during the week. There is a truth of Hashem which is beyond creation and therefore our, our bowing down is unwarranted. And then there's a higher situation in the base of English where we don't even know we're bowing down. It's not about our feeling, it's about the king and we're one with the king and therefore, let me say this, I have a good example. Imagine if the king takes takes his crown off and puts his crown on one of his ministers. He needs to put his. He wants just. His, he's having a bad hair day and he wants to take his crown off. It's annoying him. He puts it down. If he puts it down on one of his ministers, it's going to give the wrong message because the minister is an important person in the king's in the king's palace. But if the king puts the crown on a hook, it won't say anything about. It, does, it, it doesn't give grandeur to the hook. It's just a hook, and the in the temple there's a sense of our we don't we don't have a sense of being the ministering um servants of hashem in the temple our existence is one with the king and therefore our bowing down to hashem is not a contradiction to, to his truth just like the king placing his crown on the hook doesn't give grandeur to the hook so to our bowing down to hashem doesn't give uh, doesn't show our own importance doesn't make us um it, it, it doesn't highlight our, our our sense of self because there is no sense of self in the temple. And the temple is just a God. And God wants the chauffeur to be blown. The chauffeur is blown. 
Who blew it? We don't know who blew it. Someone blew the shofar. Oh, yeah, yeah, I blew the shofar. I forgot. There's no sense of self in the temple. Therefore, even our blowing the shofar is not a contradiction to us because in the temple, there's a revelation of God's essence. So, there's very lofty words. Um, and everything we're learning about, as a reaper always mentions, we have to bring it down into ourselves and what it means in our lives. I'm going to get there. But before we do, let's let's give another another um, parallel, another example for this um, distinction that we're making between where blowing the shofar is not warranted and improper, and where blowing the shofar isn't even noticed. There is Torah and there's mitzvahs. What are mitzvahs? Mitzvahs are the, the, the you know, God expressing His desire to us. I want you to do something. It's about God talking to us. Okay. So certainly we exist in that format, in that classification. We, we are about the will of Hashem. That's what we're about. But then there is a higher reality, the reality of Torah. The reality of Torah is beyond there being a world, just God, just God's wisdom. It's not about there being a commandment to a human being. It's just God expressing himself. It's expression of God's truth. It's not about us. It's God's expression of himself. In the temple, there is the ark of God. There is the Torah. So in the temple, there's no sense of self, and therefore, it's not that we are um, separate from Hashem, we're bowing to Hashem. In the temple, there's just the expression of God's truth, and therefore, our abnegation and our debt and our bowing down isn't seen as improper, because it just, Hashem said He wants us to build a chauffeur. That says, that's what it says in the Torah. It's not seen as a mitzvah. A mitzvah would mean that we're separate from Hashem, and we're doing what He's asking us to do. As it is in the Torah, it's just God's wisdom. That's the Ark of God. That's in the Holy of Holies. That's the way things are in the Temple. God says in the Temple, I, in, in the Torah, I want the shofar to be blown. And therefore the shofar is blown. But there's no sense of a person among the shofar. It's just the expression of Hashem's truth. And that's why we also, even when, Shana falls, even when Rosh Hashanah falls out on Shabbos, we also say the verses about blowing the shofar. We don't blow the shofar. We say the verses in Torah about blowing the shofar. There's still an ex- we still um, give voice to Hashem's truth, not about us being devoted to Hashem, but about God's words. That's also highlighted this coming Shabbos when we don't bless the new month. Usually, we um, bless every month of the year, but the Baal Shem, the Zichemagid, the Yalt Rebbe said that we don't bless this month. Why? Because God Himself blesses this month. And what's God's blessing to us? His blessing is you are standing in victorious in judgment. You're standing together before Hashem Rosh Hashanah. On the day when we stand before God, on the day of Rosh Hashanah, when all souls unite before God and make a covenant and they dedicate themselves to Hashem with love, and God dedicates Himself to us with a promise that can never be uh, broken, that uh, with a love that, that can never be decreased. So God says to us, we're standing strong. We're going to be victorious in judgment. That's God's promise to us. And God, that's God's blessing. We don't give the blessing. God gives the blessing. But the whole point of giving the blessing before a new month, now, when, when the temple is destroyed and we don't have the Jewish court, and instead of the, Jew, instead of the court announcing you know, the new month, instead, we bless the month. Our blessing of the new month is about, it's sort of taking the place of the Jewish court announcing the new month. And God says in the Torah, when the angels ask him, when is the new month? God says, well, I don't know. Let's go to the Jewish court and ask them. 
whatever they say. So God always wants the Jewish court to be the ones to make the month the month. That's what it's about. It's about the Jewish people. He wants us to do this. So here Rosh Hashanah is coming, and it's the day when we coronate Hashem, and it's the day when, so to speak, everything everything is on our shoulders, and yet we don't bless the month. Why not? And the answer is, on the Shabbos of Rosh Hashanah, it's highlighted our bond with Hashem, our oneness with Hashem, that is beyond logic and reason. And therefore, we are able to coronate Hashem because we have this bond with Hashem. And since this connection we have with Hashem is beyond um, beyond being a separate entity that's devoted to Hashem, but it's expression of Hashem's truth, and we are one with Him, therefore there's no need for us to announce the new month. Instead, God announces the month, and we actually, in the, when we read the Torah, we say God's blessing. Because there's no sense of separateness in this in this Shabbos. Just like we don't blow the shofar when Rosh Hashanah falls out on Shabbos, so to this Shabbos, we don't bless the month, we just say God's words. Because in this Shabbos, as we prepare for this Rosh Hashanah that falls out on Shabbos, we also have the sense in ourselves of being one with Hashem, and therefore we're just echoing God's blessing. There's no sense of a separate entity. It's rather God saying, giving us the blessing, and we are saying His words in the words of the Torah. We say God's blessing. The, the, the blessing of God is the opening verse of the Shukhtar portion. In the temple, it's even more. In the temple, the shofar is blown. Not just we're saying God's words, but the shofar is blown. We're doing something, yet it's not felt that we're doing something. It just felt that this is God's truth being revealed. Bottom line, what does that have to do with us and our service of Hashem? It's possible that we do someone a favor that you give them the sense that you're being very kind and they're in need of your help. A higher level is where there's no sense of I'm doing it and it's just that the favor is done. The person doesn't feel that anyone gave him the favor, it just felt it happened. That's how much that's that's the, the where we're trying to get to over here. Where not that we're learning Torah, we're doing this, but that there's a unity of a Jew and Hashem in such a vivid way that there's no um, sense of self, there's no even need to negate our sense of self. Because a Jew and Hashem are one. And therefore, when we do a favor for someone, it's not like, oh, I'm doing them a favor, but there's no giver. All there is is a mitzvah stuck. It's not, there's no sense of self. That's where we're going. So, um, you have to try, everyone apart to their level, to, um, to not uh, to sit and say that there's something unforgivable. It's called litos, sticking out. You can have a perfect gift, wrapped, gift wrapped, beautiful, great gift. But if it's, if you have this gift and it's in this bigger bow and it's this expression of, I'm giving the gift, it's undesired. The, the, the Rosh Hashanah, as you're praying for Rosh Hashanah, Hashem wants something more of us. To go beyond this sense of, I'm, some people who do some favors for others as a soundtrack in the background. I'm doing a mitzvah, I'm doing a mitzvah, I'm doing you a favor. And this Shabbos is meant to catapult us to beyond beyond that. L'chaim, l'chaim. V'yafrei l'chaim Shabbos, v'yafrei l'chaim k'sidach s'mateh v'shatem v'sukah. Thank you. Any questions or comments? All right, thank you, Shabbos. Thank you, Shabbos.